Welcome to Radio KAL, the Superman radio show for Superman fans by Superman fans. Brought to you by the number one Superman site in the world, supermanhomepage.com. My name is Steve Eunice and I am joined by Neil Bailey. Hi Neil. Hey Steve, Superman Returns today. Yep, this show is recorded and released on the day Superman Returns is released in America to cinemas uh, and it's dedicated to the movie. You lucky people have likely already seen it. Given reports that it's outselling X3 by a factor of four, we'll likely be the only ones who haven't seen it by now. Thank monkeys, this is past Neil speaking. By the way, Neil, don't forget your keys. And so crates. We've got lots to get through in this, our 18th show, so let's get into it. Definitely. Short and sweet this month, what with all the material we have for Superman Returns, so just a few items before we hit the road. First off, the Superman Returns prequel comics. How are they sitting with you, Steve? You know, the one I've liked the best so far is the one that most people were saying that they probably wouldn't buy when the solicitations came out. That's the Martha Kent issue. Yeah, it kind of surprised me. I, I expected Lex Luthor to stand out, and, and the first one with Krypton, but uh, I didn't have high expectations for Ma Kent or Lois. So far, just the opposite of what I expected. Carl Kershaw pulled it out. I mean, it's too bad people missed out on that because of the subject matter. Trust me, folks, go find a copy of the Ma Kent one. How about the other two, though? They seemed a bit derivative in me. Yeah, the first one and the Lex Luthor one left a lot to be desired. They just didn't do much for me. Uh, he's hoping the Lois Lane one is as good, if not better, than the Martha Kent one. I hope so. It's like Lex, a potentially truly awesome subject, just depending on how it's written, you know, Lois. With all the coverage Superman Returns has been getting lately, this, these comics are a bit, bit of a letdown so far. Yeah, I'm guessing it's just capitalizing off the movie, which is too bad, because I expected Singer not to hand it off to be ghostwritten, but hey, he's probably got, he's probably been uh, very busy late with, you know, Superman Returns. Uh, speaking of which, how about reminding folks of the features we have leading into the movie here to get them brushed up? Yes, the Superman homepage has, without a doubt, the biggest and widest coverage for Superman Returns than any other website. There's my 12-part set report, uh, multiple interviews with cast and crew, links to all the trailers, TV spots and video clips, uh, reviews of the movie, both with spoilers and without spoilers, and excellent world premiere coverage, including the wonderful Spirit of Superman video compiled by Jeffrey Bridges. Some awesome editing work on that. He worked for quite a while on it. Good stuff. Yeah, it was great to see Chris Lee, the executive producer, and Brandon and his girlfriend Courtney all mention and recognize the Superman homepage. It was incredible. I was just blown away. I remember people were complaining weeks ago about the lack of publicity for Superman Returns. They obviously had no idea how much publicity and promotion would be focused on the week leading up to its release. There's interviews with every major and minor entertainment TV show, newspapers, magazines, and websites. And what about that countdown event happening at places like Niagara Falls. Did you see those exclusive photos we received from Warner Brothers? Yeah, pretty awesome stuff. I mean, if anything, in the end, I'd say they aired on the side of a bit much publicity, but that's just because I don't tend to like advertising. Given that it's soups, I'm more than willing to let it go, and besides, it seems to be ensuring that the Superman movie's going to get a ton of box office, which is only good for the character. I remember people saying that it was going to be the worst movie ever made because of the suit, too. Now looking about, and the reviews are largely positive, most everyone who's seen it that I've read from beyond one negative review has given it the moniker of best superhero movie ever, or at least a thumbs up, and things are looking pretty roses right now. Of course, future Neil will think past Neil is really stupid if it drops a bomb, but I'm guessing, just from intuition and outside of my status as a Superman junkie, that this movie's going to rock. While, as of this recording of Radio KAL, neither Neil or I have seen the film, we both see it tonight after recording this show, 
people who have seen it seem to be in agreement that Superman Returns is a great movie. Honestly, I didn't expect this reaction. I mean, even if the movie was good, very good, I expected, per the fam- fanboy typical reaction, a ton of griping, especially with the extraordinary scrutiny given to big budget and icon films. Just look at what happened to Star Wars. 99% of reviews I've read for Superman Returns were very positive. The negative ones I read didn't seem to understand the point of Superman and didn't seem to agree on what they didn't like about it. Well, let's move on to some audio snippets we have from from the cast and crew of the movie. Definitely. Fire it, Will. We start by finding out just how reluctant was Brandon to take on the mantle of Superman. Um, not reluctant at all. Um, it was a great mantle to be able to be a, um, to take on, really. Um, an amazing legacy and, uh, you know... To finally see it, because I just saw it, the final product uh, yesterday as well, it just uh, is really amazing to, to be a part of something like this. And um, the you know, spirit of Superman is, is great to, to have around. And I'm really excited to, 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 to be a part of it and share in the legacy. And I also saw the, the A&E documentary, A Look Up in the Sky, Kevin, and, Kevin Burns and, and Brian did, and, uh, show, which showed me again, you know, the history that's in this character. And, and what are his thoughts on Christopher Reeve and how his performance seems to mimic Reeves to some degree? Well, he is my Superman. So, um, you know, as I've said, uh, you know, I, when, I, when I read the script for the first time, uh, I was envisioning him because that's how I envisioned, <laughs> that's what I envisioned Superman. So um, there are definitely elements where, I, you know, where, where, where I'm sure it looks a lot like him and, and, I'm, and I'm probably channeling, you know, that energy. Um, which is which is which is great, and I'm proud to be a part of. You know, then there's other times where it's completely different. So, um, you know, everything I do, pretty much, uh, nothing's complete. There, there, there's probably more old in my performance than new because there's almost seven years of history in the character, and everybody who's watching it is seeing it through their vision. So they're seeing what they want to see. Um, they're seeing as much of me as they want to see, and they're seeing as much of you know somebody else. What did Kate Bosworth think of Brandon as Superman and their screen test together? Um, I met Brandon for the first time when he had the role already, um, and I came into screen test. And I was very curious to see how he was as a person, but to see how he was going to play the, the role. Because they, they were, I was, as I said, I was given two scenes. One was... Um, Lois Lane's Clark Kent, and one was Lois Lane's Superman. So, I was th- so when I was going into the room, I was very curious to see how he was going to play both, and excited to see that. And um, and I was, I think like many people, I was sort of skeptical in a way. You know what I mean? I think I was going in sort of hypercritical of, I thought, how is anyone really going to be able to pull off Superman nowadays? You know, I really uh, was... I was curious, and I went in, and uh, and I and I started to read with him as Clark Kent first, and um, and I thought, oh, he's he's really really good. He's playing this really well. And I thought, okay, well Clark Kent, you know that yeah, I want to see how he plays Superman. You know, the second one, but he was I was impressed with how he played Clark Kent. We went to the Superman scene, which is the rooftop scene, so you know, it's a lot of different emotions were going through my character's head and his. And I remember being in the middle of that scene and just um, realizing in a moment 
that I had become totally lost in, in just reading with him in a white, bare, sparse room with a tripod video camera and a couple people sitting around watching. And that's when I realized that he was going to be tremendous in the film. And what did she think of the script being more than just superficial explosions? I read it, and it was such a tremendous script. Um, what was most important to me was that it was a story, and it wasn't just a whole bunch of things exploding and looking cool and flash. It did have a tremendous heart from the very beginning, and I knew that that was very important to Brian to have that come across in the film, and I really think it does. Kevin Spacey had this to say about his version of Lex being darker and more serious than Gene Hackman's. At an ascension, you know, when Brian first started talking to me about it, uh, about a year before I actually got offered it, he always said it's going to be a darker, it's going to be bitter, it's going to be a Lex out for revenge. Um, and um, then, and so I, I, I took the role on before I read a script. And then when I started to see the script, I saw exactly what they were doing in terms of shaping the storyline and the character. And um, seems Kevin had some fun teasing Brandon around Fox Studios. Well, I had to, you know, you know, uh, when you're on movie sets, uh, they, they give you a golf cart, you know, so you can drive around a golf cart to get from one stage to the other. So I had my golf cart um, kind of souped up. Um, I had kryptonite stripes put on the side. And I had a big Superman logo on the front with an X through it. And I, it was called the Super Buster. Um, and then we tied a Superman doll on the back with a chain, so I just dragged it around. <laughs> so, like in rainy days, it was just by the end of the shoot, it was just this ball of mess with a little cape. Um, and I had a bullhorn, and I used to scream through the bullhorn, "Superman must die!" <laughs> I remember when I was driving back from the stage, and Brandon was coming out of his trailer, and he hadn't seen this yet. Superman must die. And finally, here's what Brian Singer, the director, had to say about why he cut the opening return to Krypton scene from the final cut of the movie. No, it, what, what happened was I had this cut, and it was time to now sit with an audience, and we had this, what, we, what I call friends and family screening, where a number of people sit there, and as I'm watching it, I, I looked at certain things in it and felt certain things, and, and one of those was really tough because it was a return to Krypton sequence, a whole sequence in space, very expensive, elaborate sequence, but in the context of this movie, it just didn't, it just wasn't, uh, it wasn't necessary. It'll be on the DVD you watch. I'm sure, there, sure there'll be lots of extras on the DVD from the sounds of things. And which website does Brandon Ralph visit for Superman information? Superman homepage? Well, Superman has returned. Keep an eye on the Superman homepage website over the coming days and weeks for reviews, ratings, box office numbers, worldwide reactions, especially from uh, Superman uh, celebrities and much more. Let's move on to the rest of our regular segments. Here's a teaser trailer for the continuing radio drama Superman the Last Son of Krypton. John Henry looks for a cure to Superman's power depletion. Have you found anything? It's going to take me some time to go over everything and figure out how to reverse engineer Parasite's powers. Just who is Clark's secret informant? Mr. Kent, this will be my last phone call to you. I know who you are. Dr. Anderson proves his worth. Mr. Luther will rule the day! Oh, he will rule! 
And Parasite has a plan. Just tell her I put Superman on the defensive and made him more than a little paranoid. Meet us back here at the lab when you're through. I'll be there. With bells on. The fall continues as Pendant Productions presents issue 18 of Superman, The Last Son of Krypton on June 28, 2006. Only at supermanhomepage.com. Be sure and listen to chapter 18 of The Last Son of Krypton audio drama, available now alongside the, this episode of Radio KAL at the Superman Homepage website. Only one thing alive with less than four legs can hear this frequency, Superman, and that's you. Well, it's been a busy month with all our coverage of Superman Returns, but nine people still managed to find time to figure out that last show's super-secret soundbite came from Smallville Season 3 episode, Perry. Those nine people were Bill Onyango, Steve Holmes, Sean Hemmings, Will Rogers, Nelda Mormon, Aaron Peck, Andrew Maitland, Jim McCarthy, and Jane. Good going, guys. And continuing with our Smallville theme, here's the latest super-secret soundbite. When I make a lousy latte. Can you guess which episode of Smallville that sound comes from? If so, use the super-secret soundbite entry form found on the Radio KAL webpage at supermanhomepage.com and send your answer in. Each person who correctly guesses the episode that sound came from will have their name read out in the next Radio KAL show. Time for Brainiac's Brain Teaser. Uh Uh-oh. Remember last show, Neil told you that the Kent's grandfather clock chimes the appropriate number of times to indicate the hour as well as chiming once at each quarter hour. If the Kents were in the adjoining kitchen and heard the clock chime just once, what would be the longest period of time they would have to wait in order to be certain of the correct time? Well, the answer is, they would have to wait 90 minutes between 12.15 and 1.45. Once they had heard seven single chimes, they would know that the next chime would be two chimes for two o'clock. But I'm sure you knew that already, didn't you, Neil? Uh, yes, of course. All along. No doubt. So, what's this week's brain teaser? The Joker has a box of socks in his closet containing 24 red socks and 24 green socks. Since the closet is completely dark, what is the smallest number of socks he has to remove in order to be certain of getting two socks of different colors? And the answer is, Joker kills the socks. Yeah, sounds about right. But you'll have to join us next month to find out the real answer. Superman in Songs Time. And while we've got a new CD available in stores called Sounds of Superman, with various artists singing songs inspired by The Man of Steel, Radio KAL brings you a song from 1997 called Superman by the band Goldfinger. Awesome. Good song. I love it. Bought that one the day it came out when I was a kid. I used to love Goldfinger a lot. Here it is.
and that's all we have time for. Remember, if you want to write to us with suggestions for topics we can discuss on a future Radio KAL show, feel free to use the feedback form found on the Superman homepage website. Neil and I are only too happy to answer emails on the show, discuss topics you want discussed, or even play a particular Superman song you want to hear. But for now, this episode of Radio KAL is done. Thanks, Neil. Thanks, Steve. You say classy future Neil and Ted Theodore Logan. Catch you next time. You've been listening to Radio KAL at supermanhomepage.com. Radio KAL.